OMG, Christmas time is here. Happiness and cheer. There, I sang for you. Are you happy? Yay, you're welcome. Christmas is on the way, and you should get on your way over to Instagram and check out BrooksMK12. That's my personal page. Or, and actually, and Morning Mantra Pod. That's the podcast's Instagram page. Every day from now till Christmas, I'll be releasing another one of the Fleming family outtakes from what will finally become the Christmas card. Check it out. Brand new one every day. There's a 12 days of Christmas. I like to think of it as the Fleming family advent calendar. Hi, this is Coach MK, and this is the Morning Mantra. Today's mantra is, wow. Wow. There's a game I like to play with my kids. You see, there, there's a big issue that I have with, um, with the American school system, and actually goes way deeper than that. I'm not quite sure where the problem starts. We only value things that we can quantify, things that we can see, touch, and count. And that's the wrong way to look at things. And I'm a math person. Man, I love data. I love data as much as the next person. I don't know if you know this, but I was a trader. I was an investment banker. I have an undergraduate degree in finance, another undergraduate degree in economics, and a graduate degree in finance, and a graduate degree in economics. I can outmath people. And I am horrified at the number of people that claim to love data and love math, that forget that the most important part of any analysis is how you gauge the space between data points. That's where the story is. So when I tell my kids, we'll be standing outside in the backyard, and I'll say, how much do you think I love you? And they'll go for something totally predictable, like, you love me more than all the stars in the sky. To that, I'll respond, mm-mm. Nope. I love you more than all the space between all the stars in the sky. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's more. And I'm like, yeah. Or we'll go to the ocean, and I'll be like, how much do you think I love you? And they'll be like, more than all the water in the ocean. And I'll be like, nope. I love you more than all the space above all the water in the ocean. And they look straight up, and they're like, yeah, that's more. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I tell you that to preface this story as I start to tell you about Christmas, the season of perpetual hope, as we all know from our favorite, favorite holiday movie, Home Alone. (gasps) That for many of us, this really is the season of perpetual hope, where we run around and really try to believe the best in everyone before we remember that it's just another day. And the people that weren't nice to us yesterday aren't going to be nice to us today just because we're 12 days away from Christmas. I really believe that the difference between the two perspectives, the season of perpetual hope, just another day, the difference there is faith. Now, before you run, hear me out. I was born an evangelical in a small town in rural Tennessee where it was almost kind of tribal. You identified by which church you went to. Oh, no, we don't eat in that restaurant. We're Baptists. No, 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 we don't use that dry cleaner. They're Church of Christ. Nothing against Church of Christ. That's just how small-town America works in general. And if you're from small-town America, you're smiling and nodding and saying yes. It's not about whether or not you like them. It's just about what you do. We don't even think about it. So I was steeped in that for 17 years before I went to Georgetown. And at Georgetown, as I've spoken about in the past, in my first year, 
pretty much everything I knew was ripped away from me. I was brutally attacked and assaulted. And then I was abused by a pastor in whom I, saw, I sought refuge um, in the wake of reporting. And after that, I pretty much wanted nothing to do with God, religion, or anything related to it. If you were to ask my dad, I'm a Methodist today. And you'd ask, if you were to ask him, like, I totally threw it all away when I became a Methodist. But that's more about small town spite than it is about <laughs> how anybody feels about the church. But I digress. If you were to strip the Bible down to its basics, I think it would be fair to call it a series of what-ifs that were held together by the faith of whoever was doing the writing in that particular passage. And I think about that. And I think about life. And I think about what did we really need to get out of religion in the first place? And what is the point of anything? And these are the thoughts that I have when my brain goes to that dark place. The one where Christmas is just another day and people don't really change and what is with the season anyway. I'll talk myself out of that hole and remember the things that I still cling to, I've, even though I've left most of religion behind and pretty much everything I knew, there is one thing I keep coming back to. What if I really was made in the image of a perfect maker? I mean, that's a, a deep and unsettling thought, but it's a little exciting at the same time. What if you were made in the image of a perfect maker? What if you are truly loved? What if you did have a purpose and you always have? What if we stopped counting stars and got excited about the space between? What if we're sad because we've been asking all the wrong questions? When I think of my 20 years of sadness from the time I was assaulted until I was almost 37 years old, I can get really overwhelmed. I think, gosh, 20 out of 30, at that time it was 37 years. That was more than half my life had been wasted, in my opinion, up to that point. My road was tough. My feelings are legit, and those feelings are valid. Don't try to sugarcoat it. It was a rough, rough, rough time. And I think about those 20 years, and it's easy to lose perspective as I start doing math and comparing the data points. But then I stop. And I think about all the space between Smith County, Tennessee, and Georgetown, and Asia, where I lived for seven years, back to Wharton, and then to Denver. And I think about all that had to happen for you to be able to hear the voice of a little girl from Smith County, Tennessee, who, by the way, managed to get into Georgetown without having completed pre-calculus or taking an AP class. They're still not offered at my high school. That, in and of itself, is kind of shocking. I think of all that had to happen for me to fail upwards and slip between the cracks to get all of the education that I've had, to love math the way that I do, and finally learn it as an adult. I think of all that had to happen from there to here. In those 20 years, it's kind of a drop in the bucket. At that point, I stopped counting stars, and I focus on the space between them. Because, you see, that's where faith lives. And what if that's all we ever really needed? 
Now, faith in what? That's up to you. That's your journey. And I can't wait to hear all about it. All I know, and what I would encourage you to do today, in that moment where you start to focus on the negative, where we start to lose perspective, when we're counting stars and saying we don't have enough, stop, take a step back, look at all that space in between and say, wow, wow, yeah, that's more. Because maybe we've all been looking at it incorrectly. You are coached. You are loved. You are winning at life. You are truly loved. And until you believe that, I got enough faith for both of us. Before you hit the unsubscribe button and run away, and thank you for hearing me out and letting me speak a little bit about faith. I want to emphasize, I'm not trying to convert anyone. What I have faith in is you. The faith that I have in the higher powers and the higher purpose is exactly as I laid out in this podcast. And it's why I believe in you so fearlessly and so ferociously and so passionately. And maybe... Just maybe there's something beautiful about that and it can exist whether or not you ever set foot in a church.